Hello and welcome to Over My Head, a look back at Pop's past, presented to you by Los Lovely Boys. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast to get these episodes as they drop. The music for our podcast today, as always, is provided by the artist, friend of yours. This is a podcast where we dissect all things pop from the recent past. Today we are hoping to answer the all-important question, why did the song Lonely by Akon pop? This is episode 13 of our show, and actually I wanted to take a second at the beginning of the episode to uh, say rest in peace to Huey, who uh, made the song Pop, Lock, and Drop It. Um, Very sad. We're recording on the day that it was announced, actually, so about a week before you guys will hear this, but um, Pop, Lock, and Drop It is one of those songs I think that everyone from the ages of, you know, 30, basically down, maybe even you know, younger than that, we'll know. So just wanted to take a second to say rest in peace to Huey. Um, We will forever play that song probably um, till the end of time too. So very sad to hear about that. Um, But on some lighter note, guys, um, we are breaking down a pretty awesome song today and maybe the first song that many people remember Akon for. I know it's the first one that I remember um, him for. Yeah, absolutely. I remember this being played on Radio Disney all the time. And, yep. and back yes. in the day where I lived, like you had to turn to AM radio to receive Radio Disney. So it was potato quality. I'd make my mom put it on and they loved this song. And you can see why it's very commercially friendly and safe. Yeah. What's that phrase about mom approved? Yeah, absolutely. For the most part. I think I remember there being like one one lyrical bit that had to be like completely cut out. <laughs> and I don't remember what it was, but um but you know for the most part this song is very mom approved but also just a really good pop song you know yes it is we have a lot to break down with this one i feel uh with akon himself the production uh and lyrics and everything uh as well too um but yeah what have we been listening to this week um i actually haven't had a lot of new music that i've listened to still a lot of old music listen to pop lock and drop it today like i said uh for huey um also i there was a old Nelly song that I recently found. It was Nelly and Jagged Edge. I can't remember the name of the song off the top of my head, but it was one that was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, where the party at? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah, you know that, know song? that song? Yeah. But I don't know what it's yeah. called. Yeah, neither do I. But I listened to it today, and I was like, this was this is a banger. So I was glad I listened to it. Um, I'll look up the name of it uh, and find it. But um, what have you guys been listening to this last week? A lot of girl power. Um, Phoebe Bridgers had an amazing album. I loved that. Uh, and then that was last week. And then this week, uh, Haim released their third album, Woman in Music Part 3. A uh, very kind of tongue-in-cheek album name. And it's really good. Uh, Make the Stallion just dropped um, a single Girls in the Hood. I actually like I that. I still haven't listened to either, but I'm very excited to. Oh, I think you'll love um, Girls in the Hood. Um, it continues a really hot streak for her. So, I mean, if you like her previous stuff, you're going to like this single. I love Megan. And then um, I saw Usher had a new song. He's been kind of quiet, and it's... For um, sure. Yeah, I think it's kind of in light of the um, Black Lives Matter movement. It's called I Cry, and it's pretty slow tempo, but pretty moving. Almost kind of like John Legendy for him. So that was good. Um, I've been listening to, still listening to a lot of Bauer. Um, Ote, another uh, electronic artist, came out with an album a couple weeks back. And I finally got around to it this past week. That one's been uh, that one's been pretty um, uh, on rotation. Um, 
Georgia Smith uh, did a song, Rose Rouge, that's um, it's actually for a compilation album. And I really don't want to mess it up, but I want to say it's Blue Note. Um, they're basically just doing like modern reinterpretations of old jazz songs. Oh, cool. Um, so in this case, it's like it's kind of like a UK garage version. Yeah, it's really it's really sweet. Like it's like UK garage, but with like jazz drums. I love it. Um, uh, been listening to a bit of the Chloe and Hallie album. Mm-hmm. Um, finally got around to that as well, and I definitely enjoy it. Um, and then okay, so real quick for Chloe and Hallie, I have not really heard of them. They kind of sound like they would have been like on like Disney Channel or like Nickelodeon for some reason, but that's not the case, right? Well, they probably like could have been. I mean, they they're young as hell. Like this is. Okay, they they sound like something like th- that, like the Jonas Brothers would be, or something, just from like hearing their name. Like, I, maybe I'm thinking like Ali and AJ. Say, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why, or anything. But I didn't know what their like call the fame was. I, I mean, guess I know that uh, Beyonce kind of took them under her wing, so it's kind of like okay. protégés. Um, but they they came out with a really really strong album. Um, honestly, I'm not super familiar with them either, but I heard really good things about this one. So. Uh, forgive me is the one that i keep coming back to and then um the other big thing is that um one of my one of my all-time favorite artists who i've talked about in this podcast briefly john hopkins uh mm-hmm. did a great remix of the difference by flume and toro y Moi. which is a great and, song uh, in its own right and i'm sure the remix is also wonderful yeah it actually really takes it in a different direction um but still like it's really good in a different way. It's kind of like if you remember when he remixed Magnets by Lord. Oh, yeah. That was um, awesome. Like, very, very different, but very cool. Um, yeah, so those uh, that's what I've been listening to. Um, yeah, and then also now Pop Lock and Drop It today. Um, thank you, Huey, for your art. Yeah, I found out what the other song was called. It, it actually is called Where Where the Party At <laughs> by Jagged Edge. So now I feel really dumb. Makes sense, um, makes sense uh, <laughs> that it's called that uh, too. And then actually one of the songs that I revisited this week, speaking of Usher, um, I forgot how much I love the song Burn by oh, wow. Usher. Um, and I still remembered every single lyric from it. Um, and that is a very powerful but amazing song to belt out when you need a, a moment um, or two. All right, well, let's get into that thing. So as you all know, for legal reasons, can't play the song here. Wish we could, but we cannot. So you guys are going to have to deal with Chris making some music that sounds like it, but we want you to go and support the artist as much as you can. So go listen to Lonely by Akon on any of the streaming services that you can, and then afterwards we will break it down like we normally do. So listen to the notes here that remind you of the song, and we'll see you on the other side. Now that we are back, let's give our some of our first reactions. We kind of talked about Radio Disney, so I'll kind of start there. Radio Disney was amazing for kids in, in its own right, so I'll kind of say that uh, to start off. Um, they played what you needed to hear as a child, if that makes sense. Um, maybe if you didn't know even that you needed to hear that. Um, but very mom-approved type of stuff. Um, Lonely, though, is one of those songs we would have been like nine or ten basically when this came out and i don't think that we really had any business listening to this song because we did not know what love was or 
you know, what it was to wrong a lover. But I think that it was still one of those that it had that chipmunky sample, you know, thing. And you're like, this is amazing. And I'm going to listen to it. And maybe I'm going to get a little sad while I'm listening to it, but that's okay. And then down the line, when you're like 17, 18, you're like, oh, that song makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also um, like it's a deceptively complex pop song in a lot of ways, like instrumentally. And I think it's it does a really good job of kind of merging what works in terms of like classic pop with something that, you know, I mean, of that of that time period, like what what kind of Radio Disney had to had to work with. There were a lot of like that was that was like the heyday of like gangster rap and whatnot in the pop charts. So this was a really cool kind of middle ground where, you know, lyrics aren't necessarily really abrasive or even uh, have to be edited that much. Um, And, but it still appeals to, I I would assume it would appeal to older people at the time. I mean, um, definitely appealed to kids just because, you know, um, at its basis, it's a really good pop song. Um, And I, I think, I mean, especially considering a lot of the other things I remember hearing on Radio Disney growing up, like this is one of the ones that I think I, was one of the more valuable um, things to have shown us uh, at that age. So, yeah, like while Radio Disney listeners, nine, ten, even younger, they might not understand the lyrics, but they can understand it's a sad song. He's trying to portray sadness. And you're at that age where you're starting to become a little independent and you'll go into your room and maybe put some headphones on your CD player and um, feel sad, even though you don't know what that specific sadness is. So I think it's a pop song that, you know, it's versatile in that effect. When you have the chipmunk voice that really hooks you in, especially if you're a kid and that uh, pseudo sadness makes you stay. Yeah. And can we just talk about for a second, how like the chipmunk thing was actually a thing that like was, like big like people would make remixes to songs with like pitch it up and be like this is the chipmunk version and then people would like get like tons and tons of views i remember someone in like high school was like i like pitched this up this song and i got forty thousand views which at the time you're like oh that's pretty good right like maybe not now but Mm -hmm. like that's still a decent amount of people and you're like all you had to do is pitch something up and people would like flip shit for it so maybe akon but people would still listen to <laughs> yeah they're like oh this is hilarious ha 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 like maybe like what youtube was meant for back in the day pretty much you know was for funny yeah. stuff and things but maybe akon knew more than uh we knew at that time and was like this is what's in so i'm gonna make it like this a little bit yeah. too maybe i'm giving him a little bit more credit but could be maybe we'll find out uh as well about that so let's get into some of the history of akon ryan i know there's probably a lot that we could talk about with akon um he is a man of many hats, it seems. So Absolutely. let's break down who is Akon. Yeah, uh, Lonely falls very early in his career. So I think we'll cover his whole backstory. And then he's a very complex dude uh, who's had a lot of music, a lot of business, a lot of pop culture you know, presence. And we'll touch on that, but I'm hoping to do some more Akon songs where we'll dig into that period of his life a little more. But we'll dive into the backstory here. So Akon, the monomer he goes by, is one of his five names. And I'm definitely going to butcher one, if not all. But here we go. It's uh, Alioane Damala Badera Akon Thiam. 
and um, he has five names because he's Senegalese. It's a country off the coast of West Africa. And um, his family, you know, they're Senegalese, but he was actually born in St. Louis. So he is American by citizenship, but they took him back to Senegal um, until he was seven years old. So he really grew up there. And uh, while he was growing up there, he was in a very musical background that kind of gave him, you know, this stepping stone for his eventual career. His father was a percussionist, particularly with jazz. So he had that background. And then his mother was a dancer. And having this music in all of his life, um, Akon played five instruments himself growing up. So surrounded by music, you can see why he eventually became Akon. So at age seven, he moves back um, across the Atlantic Ocean from Senegal to the wonderful land of New Jersey, which ironically, I was born there and moved away when I was seven. So I did an inverse Akon, if you will. Um, but yeah, that's so he's in New Jersey. It's a tropical, wonderful land. Please visit. <laughs> Go to the shore. Go to the shore. Wonderful. Have yourself a Taylor ham. If you don't know what it is, Google it. It's, it's ham on a uh, or pork roll, specifically on a hard roll, and then uh, you put cheese on it. It's wonderful. I'm sure Akon had many. Here first. Any... <laughs> You're already here first. So he moves to New Jersey, and he kind of runs into a bit of conflict here, as anybody would with that culture shock. Um, he had an accent and um, he was picked on for being darker skin, according to some of his interviews. So he really gravitated towards hip hop. He kind of rebelled against the jazz that his father was into and really found a liking there. Which is interesting because there's a lot of components of jazz in hip hop a lot of the time, too. <laughs> Absolutely. He probably had, you know, your parent plays music for you and your first instinct is to rebel against it. My dad played the Beatles all the time. Didn't like the Beatles for many years of my childhood. Now they're one of my favorite bands. So maybe subliminally he heard that familiar instinct and was drawn to hip hop. So he's still in New Jersey. Eventually the family moves to Atlanta and he goes to Atlanta after high school. And this is where we become, we meet adult Akon. And adult Akon was a bit, I don't know, a troublemaker. Uh, he was involved in crime early, and this is something that really defined the persona he would take early on his career. The first thing he does is in 1998, he gets into a car theft ring after not getting into the college that his father actually worked for as a consultant. Um, and his father was helping with the jazz program there. So he doesn't go to college, and he's going to participate in stealing really high-end cars like Mercedes, BMWs, you name it. And Atlanta was a really good... Um, area to do that so he while he's really getting a lot of money stealing selling receiving high-end cars what he's also doing on the side is he made a makeshift studio and uh, he claims that anybody who was anybody in the early 2000s stopped by that studio and recorded for free now i couldn't find any examples he said but he said think of atlanta as a music scene what that would be like outcast ti ludicrous maybe even maybe it was a little before ludicrous but yeah yeah i i i couldn't find any credence to the claim but he said you know i had a lot of people come in there and use it for free and he used it himself so he was always kind of having music in the background but still doing this car theft you know ring on the side and eventually that caught up to him um he ended up spending the better part of three years in a georgia prison for this car theft ring and 
this is absolutely instrumental to what he would become because think about Akon and his whole career. His first album, which Lonely was on, was called Trouble. Then you get Convicted with a K. And his third album is Freedom. And the original name of that album was Acquitted. So there's a crime trilogy here. His uh, record label, Convict Music, the thing he screams in the later part of his career, he's a convict. And his actual name, Akon, has con in it. So he really played that up. Okay, I've heard that so many times, obviously, and that never would have like pertained to me that it would have been because he was a convict or that it was mm-hmm. Akon, like convict. It's a player. <laughs> that way too. Yeah, no, I know. that. That's just yeah. interesting. I never would have thought about that actually. Well, that is interesting you mentioned that because there was like a media hit against him in 2008 that said he played it up. Um, he didn't like spend all three years in jail. And that's true. He was never actually convicted of anything. He was sent to jail multiple times over the better part of three years, but he did spend time in prison. So he was, you know, imprisoned. He might not have been a convict, but he definitely liked to play up to that. So while he's in jail, he uses all this time to channel that love he had for music, but really never dedicated 100% to. Now he has really nothing to do but, you know, make music. And he makes a little song called Locked Up. And that song was actually a hit in the prison, according to Akon. Uh, So much of a hit that the guards would sing it, and they would come in different shifts and different guards would sing the chorus of Locked Up. And that little song actually... um, ended up becoming the first single off of Trouble. So there you have it. So Akon gets out in 2002, and he gets to work. And the reason why he thinks that um, he got a record deal so quickly is because of that music studio that he had um, prior to getting imprisoned. Um, He says he had a lot of sources that recorded in his studio for free, ended up getting a record label, and then he was able to call them up and, you know, get a favor. He appeared on a lot of features so many, in fact, that um, Akon has over 300, 300 appearances as a feature over his whole career, which has been long, but that is still impressive. That is so smart of him actually to rent it out for, or not rent it out even, have it for free and then be like, hey man, <laughs> you made it or you know whoever it was and now you kind of owe, owe me, but I mean like it helped him get to where he is. Yeah. So it's not about what you know, it's about who you know sometimes. Exactly. We'll see later on that he is entrepreneurial in spirit, and that kind of shows it. Like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And it worked out. He uh, landed a you know, recording contract with SRC, which is a subsidiary of Universal, and this is how we get Trouble, which was released in 2004. So only a year and a half after he was released out of prison, he's releasing his first album. That is the power of connections. So I mentioned that the first single was the song he wrote in prison, Locked Up. And the you know uh, producer at the time, Jerome Foster, also known as Nobody, actually identified "Lonely" as the song that would probably make it big on radio. But they wanted to go with "Locked Up" first because they felt like that was a street record, and they wanted um, Akon to establish a fan base rather than just have a radio single and then fizzle out. And Chris mentioned this at the time, like street music or gangster music was kind of infused with commercial success at that time so it kind of makes sense like you can't come out with a soft single like lonely and then try to have a street cred after that 
If you want to have any kind of street persona, you need something off the bank, and then you can follow it up with more of a radio-friendly single. Makes sense. Yeah, and then later, though, he does that with Soul Survivor. Sorry if I'm getting ahead of you, but Soul Survivor is a huge song, and you're like, that is like, you know, about as street as it gets, I would say, um, talking about Mm -hmm. it. Um, And he's like, hey, now I'm Akon. And then he goes and makes other pop songs. So very versatile. Yeah, he like for the first half of his career, I would say he definitely didn't leave that convict persona or, you know, imprisoned persona uh, because it worked Um, locked up. They didn't expect it to do that well, but it reached number eight on the charts on Billboard. Um, It was top 10 in Ireland and the UK. So that strategy worked for them. And they said, okay, that worked better than we thought. Now here's the ringer that we know will definitely work. Okay, world, here's Lonely. So on February 21st, 2005. Oh, my birthday. Your birthday. Yes, you were wow. exactly 11. Happy birthday. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> you had the best present of your life at age wow. 11. You didn't I didn't even, even know. <laughs> Thanks, Akon. Well, yeah, he knew what he was doing because uh, your birthday hit single was a smash. Um, it went number one in a lot of countries, Germany, Czech Republic, Denmark, Ireland, Netherlands, New Zealand, Switzerland, UK, Australia. Wow. That's worldwide. And in the U S it only went to number four, but that's still huge. And I mean, we kind of touched on why it was so big, kind of like when we remembered the song, it's played on radio Disney. It's played on mainstream rap radio rap and r&b and then also pop you can see why it's commercially friendly there's no cussing um not really a sexual innuendo that i remember we might discover that in the lyrics but it's rooted in r&b but we get that familiar chipmunk sound that was actually kind of found in hip-hop for a few years before that think of the wu-tang clan jay-z um kanye they work together a lot. They use that chipmunk sound a lot, taking a soul song and just pitching it up. So that was kind of, Chris can get into that later, but this formula was kind of present at the time and they used a, that familiarity to really resonate with the public. And if I think about where this song would do now, I think it would still do really well. I think it's mom approved and I could just see this song becoming a meme on YouTube and TikTok. Like just think of somebody like making a sad little video of a dog this playing in the background in fact if you're listening to this now you should probably do that before it gets big i'm gonna uh, go do it first yeah there you go <laughs> we'll put uh, anthony's tiktok profile in the show notes for you <laughs> so he's popping up <laughs> gets a few extra views thanks but yeah the strategy of street music before commercial seems strange now and it worked both songs locked up and lonely uh, really propelled his first debut album uh trouble to sell a lot a lot of sales globally and this is why we akon was off to such a huge start so we're moving past lonely and akon has had like a very large career we're thinking about um 2004 2005 at this period flash forward to 2020 there's a lot of things you can say um but i'm hoping we'll do a few more episodes on akon so i'm just gonna pick a few of them um i'll focus on the albums first and then some good and bad sides of akon a bit later so his albums, we mentioned Trouble, released in 2004. Um, in 2006, only a few years later, we get Convicted with a K. Amazing record. Uh, this was his first album under his own record label, um, Con Live Distribution, 
informally, but um, informally you might know it as convict music. Mm -hmm. And after he says that, there's actually like a little um, prison cell slamming. You can kind of hear that became a trademark. Um, So if you haven't heard that before, now you know where that comes from, his prison background. That album has amazing hits. Smack that. I Want to Love You, Don't Matter. Um, We'll get into it. More than a few of those in later segments when we dissect our top five Akon songs, I'm sure, but really successful album. 2008, we get an album named Freedom. And this is kind of a pivot uh, more to synth music and pop, kind of like pre-EDM in my opinion, um, kind of away from the gangsta street cred. Uh, not as much convict mentions. If you think of the songs that portray that right now, Na 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 and Beautiful, which, in my opinion, are really kind of the same song. What do you guys think? <laughs> kind of. I never thought about it. But yeah. I think I, I have thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, these are these are the same. But also, it's Akon. I give him a I give him a pass. Yeah, exactly. You know, he just sounds so happy singing both songs. So, and they both worked. And then you know, I'm so paid. Maybe not like a huge radio hit, but you have uh, Lil Wayne and T Pain on that song. Really shows his power within the industry to get those two as features. So after, you know, his three albums, he takes a hiatus. 11 years later, really under the radar, this was released in October of last year, 2019, we get his fourth album, El Negrito. Oh. I'm not going to lie, I feel a little weird saying that, but that's the name of the uh, album. And um, it's a Spanish-language album, and we covered the Black Eyed Peas kind of a few episodes kind of similar to what they've been doing pivoting to latin american music so we touched on the albums after lonely it was clear lonely set off you know all that success you have a you know debut album that produces two top 10 singles that's what's going to happen um and that propelled that music success really propelled akon to be very successful with philanthropy however i can't really puff up Akon without mentioning a few blemishes in his career. So there's two legal incidents, both in 2007, I want to mention. Uh, The first one comes in uh, the country known as Trinidad and Tobago, which is in the Caribbean. He was at a club that was supposed to have a 21 years over requirement. And um, somehow a 15-year-old daughter of a pastor got in. She gets on stage and Akon does an onstage act where he, I'm using parentheses here, you can't see it, um, simulated sex. Uh, so this is a 15-year-old. This is the era of YouTube. This is recorded on YouTube in 2007. Um, I think performers weren't used to that. And now this produces some accountability on their part. And he got some backlash, especially for 2007. Um, the Sweet Escape tour that he was about to go on with Gwen Stefani was sponsored by Verizon. They dropped him and also removed all ringtones that had his songs in it. Jeez. And this is ironic because Akon was later given a Guinness Book of World Records award that has him as the number one selling artist of ringtones in the world. Even without that. Yeah, even, you know, if Verizon, a major carrier, strips all your ringtones, I would think that would make a dent. But maybe prior to that, he was having a lot of success. I think of the ringtone era as maybe 2007 is right in the heat of it. But 
Did you guys have a ringtone with Akon? I don't think so. No, not with Akon. I mentioned I think that this is why I'm hot by Mims. Um, Absolutely, one that that I had. Um, but party I like a rock star was my favorite. Oh, just a great song in general. Yeah, I remember. We'll get to that I one remember, eventually. Um, I remember around like right before when iPhones kind of ruined that whole thing. Um, it was uh, it was uh, Sean Kingston. Was was who was mm. big, and I definitely had a Sean Kingston ringtone. That makes a lot of sense. I wonder if Sean Kingston and Akon ever collabed. Probably, right? I'm I'm sure they have 300 feature appearances. He's got to be with Sean Kingston at some point. So we touched on the the first incident, and then the second incident happens in the same year, 2007, and it involves another teenager. Uh, Akon was in New York, a 15 year old teenager, a male teenager climbed on stage. Akon literally picked him up and threw him several rows into the crowd. There's a YouTube video of this as well. So Akon's really getting burned. I don't think he understood the power of YouTube. Um, and he had to pay for this. The court ruled he had to pay $350, which is apparently the price for throwing a child. In case you were curious, right, if you throw a child, oh, 350 bucks, okay. plus 65 hours of community service. Yeah, that I, I would think it's a little higher, but you know, don't throw kids, period. Probably. That's like pocket change for yeah, Akon, really. probably. For Akon, yeah. I mean, it was in the press, but yeah, that's good not, lawyer. Not as bad as Verizon dropping it. Yeah. No. Jeez. All right, so so he he's done other; <laughs> those are blemishes, of course, but mm-hmm. he's done some some good for the world as well. He has, and you know, I, I wanted to mention both sides because it's nuanced. He's not perfect, but he's definitely done some great things in the world, and I want to touch on those. So he's been really involved in philanthropy, particularly with his home continent of Africa, and one of the huge reasons. We mentioned 11 years between his third and fourth album. For that hiatus, was um, he really wanted to give back. So in 2014, he launched a project named Akon Lighting Africa. And this um, provides electricity to 15 countries throughout the continent um, using solar power. So it's not only providing a necessary utility in electricity, it's doing it in a green way. And the website claims that you know there's 600 million people in africa without electricity and this project akon lighting africa has provided electricity to 32 of those 600 million so that's cool um another thing that's definitely kind of meme but also cool uh akon seized on the bitcoin frenzy in 2018 and he announced that he would work with the country of senegal you know he lived there um, to build a literal city based on tourism, and the economy would be based entirely on cryptocurrency. Hmm. And you're wondering, so what's the name of this city? Akon City, naturally. Akon. <laughs> you want to know? Th- you want to know the name of the coin? Akon. Tell me. A coin. Aha. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, that, I mean, if I started a cryptocurrency, I'd want to just name it Chris. Just Chris, no, no coin pun in there. C H R Y S, and that's the closest thing you get. Or you could do Chris with a money sign as the. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Options. And you'd be like Kesha, kind yeah. of. 
Yeah, and MILF money, which I learned last episode. Travis Scott. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, he's going to build a literal city in a country, Acon City, run on Acoin. No dollars accepted there, only Acoin. Um, As of June, this month, they were awarded $6 billion in a grant. Uh, They're claiming that uh, phase one will be complete in 2023. The entire project's going to be ready in 2030. So in 10 years, they're going to build a city complete with universities, a stadium, hotels, parks. And then it's located on the coast. So it's going to be a tourism hotspot. And it's all going to be run on a coin. Do you guys want to go? Kind of. Kind of. I want to go. <laughs> I I would totally go, especially if we can meet Akon. So Akon, if you're listening, we would love to come, and we would love to visit the city. I feel like Akon's got more important things to do, but I'd still want to go. Yeah. I'm guessing he's going to be the mayor. If, or the president. Know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, we'll send a... Maybe a voucher to Akon to get us some hookups for plugging this, promoting this. 2030 people, set your um, travel calendars for that. Yeah. So, like, without Lonely becoming a number four hit, do we get a planned city in the country of Senegal? I don't think so. So, thank you, Lonely. Thank you for being an earworm and all the kids that were listening to Radio Disney launching Akon's career. And probably providing electricity to millions of Africans. There you go. Thank you for that, Akon. And thank you for all the beautiful music that you make and for all the things that you do, too. All right. There will be more Akon, I'm sure, if we keep this going for who knows how long. But this is a good one to start with, for sure. So, Chris, there is um, a lot to talk about, I think, with the production here. Um, It is heavy on... You know, one thing that I won't give away entirely, but um, I guess I don't really think about the production a lot when I think about this. I think about his voice and the lyrics, so I'm interested to see what's going on with uh, what's behind that. So let's take it away. Yeah, you know, and actually, I mean, so there's two major things I want to talk about here. Um, First of all uh, is obviously the chipmunk sound, um, which, you know, kind of has it's been alluded to, but... um, Obviously, it's a major component of the song. It's the main hook. Um, so the song is actually um, using a pitched-up interpolation of uh, "Lonely Mr. Lonely by Bobby Vinton, um, which is a, an older song from the 60s, I want to say. 1960. Um, and 1964, actually, sorry. Um, it's, it's a, you know, it's, a, it's an earworm. I mean, there's a reason that it... Um, that it stood out um, from a production standpoint. The um, the chord progression is really catchy and really melancholy. You know, kind of to um, kind of to the point that was made earlier about like this is a song that speaks to kids and communicates the sound and emotion of just being sad, you know, or being down. Um, even if you don't necessarily know too much about love, you can hear it in the in the sound of this song. I mean, it's all, it's very, it's a very classic sound. Um, and so it's, so lonely, um, in 2005 was, um, just a few years after one of the biggest, um, peaks of chipmunk, chipmunk soul, um, as it's called, uh, which was 
kind of a subgenre movement in hip hop that actually came out of uh, Chicago with the advent of uh, Kanye West. Um, you know, before that, um, he, people like Twista, um, Just Blaze as a producer, and others from kind of the Midwest uh, sound. Um, the sound definitely kind of came came as uh, an effect of the Midwest chopper sound, um, just really fast, like m- multiple syllables within a bar uh, rap style. Twista definitely being a part of that and one of the most successful of it. Um, it kind of so those would be like sound. slow jams and like um... slow jams, overnight celebrity, yeah, like, it, and it came out of that sound because it was kind of a contrast. You know, you have this, like, you have this modern rapper going, like, a million miles an hour, and then in the background, you have a, you have, like, a soul sample, like, being, being sped up to go along with it, but at a much different, um, at a much different tempo and at a much different, uh, pitch, almost, just very much a, um, very much kind of a signature sound of the scene that blew up when, um, you know, a young, young guy from Chicago, Kanye West, came up and um, decided to do a song inspired by and being recorded in the recovery to being in a car accident um, that left his jaw wired shut, where he um, he, spit, he sped up uh, Through the Fire by Shaka Khan um, to create Through the Wire. Um, obviously, Kanye is, you know, we're he, we'll definitely have to dive into Kanye in general. Um, his ear for production has been a massive influence for the for the decade plus since. Um, but that sound, um, that sound kind of snuck its way into the mainstream pretty quickly. It ended up, uh, it ended up kind of not merging, but really kind of hitting the prominence alongside gospel rap. Um, folks like uh, Chance the Rapper years later, you you know, you'd hear that sound without really thinking too much of it. Just again with the Chicago connection, um, and again with the Chicago connection, uh, drill music actually uses it quite a bit nowadays. Um, it's it's a style obviously that relies on sampling, relies on kind of the natural um, the natural sound of speeding up or slowing down a sample as you would with a record. Um, to fit a BPM and it creates a nostalgic feeling um, both in the most literal sense you're usually using an old record that you that you have memories about but it also creates kind of a call and response Um, it creates a it creates almost a duet type feeling especially with um, songs like Lonely where the hook is entirely this um, this almost disembodied singer um, in, in this case, it is Akon uh, singing the song sped up, um, but in many cases, it's an older sample. In this case, it's an interpolation, but, um, you know, he ends up duetting with it, um, kind of calling back, saying so lonely, you know, it ends up being a, um, it, you know, it, it reflects kind of the vibe of it. I'm, I'm talking to myself, you know, um, but more than that, it just it just kind of hammers home the melancholy feel of the chord progression. So obviously that's the main major characteristic. I mean, we've talked about like chipmunk sound became a bit of a meme to the point that Alvin and the chipmunks even made a comeback. Um, Multiple movies. Multiple. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was huge. Um, And to some degree that was probably part of its initial appeal to kids. Like 
I'm sure there was at least one kid who was just like, oh yeah, play that chipmunk song. Like, but, uh, but you know, it's, a, it's shrewd in, in that. Cause again, it has deep roots in Chicago hip hop and Midwest hip hop for that matter. Um, Akon being a guy who obviously has international influences, um, you know, his, his, uh, his commitment to just being able to draw on different sounds for whatever, whatever purpose they'd best be used for without, without stripping them of their context, um, is something that he'd go on to do for the rest of his career. You know, he'd dabble in EDM, um, but do so in a pretty tasteful way, I'd say. Um, yeah. he'd, uh, he'd go on and, um, you know, he'd, he'd work with a lot of, uh, folks from Africa, but different areas of Africa. Um, he'd, uh, he'd kind of bring out many different subgenres um, in hip hop over the years. He'd do dance records. He'd do, um, he'd do borderline ballad records even. Um, but I mean, that's, that's kind of the hallmark of a great pop star though. Uh, he's able to understand the context and really kind of mold it to, to the Akon style. And I really do think lonely is kind of what, you know, locked up is a fantastic song in its own right. Um, but I think lonely was one of those songs where you realize like the earworm hook of locked up wasn't a fluke. Um, so that's the one thing that I want to talk about with lonely. Um, the main, the main thing, um, but I do want to kind of go in, go, um, not so deep into this rabbit hole, but a little bit, um, and follow the path of Akon being inspired by different scenes. Um, something interesting when I was looking up, um, and, you know, to be honest, when I, uh, to your point, Anthony, I didn't necessarily think too much about the instrumental, um, for the longest with this song, it was serviceable, you know, kind of, kind of a quick, like boom bap type hip hop beat. Mm -hmm. Um, just just a quick little piano loop sped up to go along with the sample nothing insane right um when i when i looked on the wikipedia article preparing for this episode um i noticed that the producers were akon himself and disco d um but disco heard. donnie not disco donnie okay disco d <laughs> just disco d disco d yeah okay um but disco d so i'd never heard of disco d and pretty quickly after having looked into him a little bit, a lot started to click about why this song clicked with me and why I think it's got a bit more depth than you might think. So Disco D um, was a producer um, and a turntablist uh, who actually is from Michigan, um, born in St. Louis, but lived in Michigan from a young age um, and came up kind of actually in the electronic scene. Um, he worked quite a bit with DJ Godfather, um, who is one of the one of the founding. I'm, I'm trying not to say the word Godfather, but he basically was. <laughs> um, <laughs> DJ Godfather was one of the legendary names in D Detroit electronic music. Now, Detroit house music has, you know, everybody knows uh, <laughs> everybody knows Fetty Legrand. Put your hands up for Detroit, um, but. You know, things like Benny Benassi, like folks, um, folks as recent as uh, Duke Dumont or uh, uh, or Oliver Heldens from all around the world kind of harken back to that same bass heavy Detroit techno sound. Um, and 
one of the one of the kind of subgenres um, that was big around that time was ghetto tech, uh, which ended up kind of fusing um, Detroit techno, um, which very standard '90s techno. I don't want to say standard, but you know, when you think of techno in the '90s, you think of like trans influence, yeah, nine oh nine sort of thing, like really sharp, chunky drums. Um, Detroit techno, like uh, fuse that with UK garage. Um, ironically, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. I love that genre. I love UK um, UK music, and nowadays, just bass music in general takes a lot of inspiration from that sort of shuffled rhythm. Um, what I uh, when I read that, so the what immediately came to mind was that the instrumental for "Lonely" is actually very similar to a UK garage uh, sort of style. Um, and when I say that, I mean first of all, the the instrument, the main drum beat, is pretty clearly either nine oh nine or something very similar. But you have a really nine oh nine style drum beat, kind of a techno drum uh, drum kick. Um, the hat, the hats themselves are clearly 909. Um, and those are the exact sort of things. I mean, if you listen to even like someone like disclosure nowadays, like you'll hear the same instruments that are being used there, but in a more upbeat pattern, but what's common with, um, with, uh, UK garage and, uh, lonely besides this is the sample. Um, UK garage is known for turntablism influence and sped up samples. Um, and a lot of times you'll hear kind of the techno like soul sample clips. Um, in a lot of ways, this song has, I, I, I listened back to lonely and imagined kind of a UK drum breakbeat over it. Perfect. The other thing is that the, um, so the, the instrumental is really sparse, but what it, what, uh, what is really subtle is that there is a bass line, but it's being played really straight just on the bait on the quarter notes underneath the kick and effectively tuning the kick each time that's a classic uh uk garage style technique the um the bass notes are going along with the chords so you'll hear a kick and it'll be like boom and then you'll hear a kick boom then you hear a kick boom 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 and it, it's just really like really subtle um but it, it, it i i listened to it and kept thinking like UK Garage, and mind you, you know, um, UK Garage was kind of sneaking into hip hop sound at the time. Uh, folks like Timbaland were experimenting with it. Um, you know, folks like uh, folks like Scott Storch were. Um, you know, folks like Amory um, with One Thing. Like it was. This was. This isn't a coincidence. Now, Disco D, to not get too far away from him, in fact, had just worked on um, Fifty Cent's album, The Massacre. Uh, he. He did a couple of tracks there, and he ended up um, he ended up co-producing Akon's Trouble. So Lonely, in addition to a couple of other album tracks on there, had Disco D on turntables. Um, now, so Disco D, you know, he had his Detroit bona fides. Uh, actually, he one of the things that really like kind of made me made me interested was seeing that he has ties to Ghostly International, one of my all time favorite record labels. Um, used to play with Matthew Deere, uh, an album, an artist I love. Um, you know, he's, he kind of, he kind of took that sound to the hit, to the cusp of the hip hop mainstream, um, in the early mid two thousands. Um, sadly, 2007, uh, two years after this song, um, he actually committed suicide, uh, at the age of 26. 
Um, he was very open, um, kind of unusually at that time, especially for kind of being in the electronic and somewhat hip hop scene about his bipolar disorder um, and just his struggles with that. Um, unfortunately, you know, he he took his own life. Um, he, he was eulogized by folks from uh, Ghostly International, including Sam Valenti, um, the CEO, who said, you know, Dave was an inspiration and a mentor to me. Um, a, a relentlessly creative, passionate, and ambitious artist. And he was ambitious. In fact, I also want to take this back because it's all circles. Um, it's crazy how much so. Uh, to ringtones. Um, in 2005, most ringtones were kind of designed for the cell phone, almost. Like, it was it was borderline just like chiptune, you know? Like, one or two oscillators because that's what the cell phone had. Um Disco D was approached, you know, kind of around the same time that he was starting to work with 50 Cent and Akon. Um, he was approached by Best Buy. And Best Buy actually commissioned a series of ringtones that were offered on the Best Buy website um, as a free download for partnering phones. Um, it was Nokia at the time, mainly, that they were partnering with. Uh, but he was one of the first to really see ringtones. This is in 2005, mind you, a few years before Crank That kind of cracked the whole thing open. But he was one of the first to say, okay, you know what? This is a this is going to be a thing. Um, so he he composed original ringtone music that um ended up being some of the main ones of the of the era. Um he he actually uh he is actually one of the first to put his songs on uh well his ringtone clips on Jamba, um, who was huge in Europe, I remember at the time. They got moderately big in America. Uh, this was a very weird and brief era, the ringtone era, but they were one of the big players. Anyway, point being, Disco D is a co-producer on Lonely, in and in a lot of ways, I think helped help. I think he was a perfect foil to Akon. Um, maybe foil isn't the right word, but perfect collaborator, because <laughs> both of them kind of came from different but equally passionate and curious perspectives for how you can create a great pop song. Um, I'm going to be honest. I looked up his discography and a lot of the other songs that I, uh, from 50, from 50 cents, uh, album and from the hip hop side of things, I wasn't too familiar with. I, I do remember a few of his Matthew Deere collaborations, but, um, this is, this is one of those songs that I think was probably one of the, one of the kind of peaks of that period of his life. Um, in a lot of ways, it seems like a kind of a perfect distillation of someone who's able to who's able to kind of see the potential for a sound um, and how far it can be pushed. Um, it really excited me to read about that. I mean, honestly, like, again, I I I was going into this 100 percent expecting to just talk about, OK, it's a 909, you know, like really quick, uh, really quick sad kind of chord progression chipmunk soul would be the majority i'd talk about but um you know this this song actually has really really deep roots um for a number of people we've talked about akon's past and the way that akon's yeah. kind of become who he is you know people who are passionate about music passionate about where it can be brought to how you can monetize it how you can create great art out of different um different sectors of music um and i mean i think i think it just kind of goes to show like 
it takes a lot to make something that sounds as simple as lonely but works so well um i think uh i i think it just i, I think just you know it, it's it's a song that i you know uh, it will always put a smile on my face um you know i'm sad to hear about what ended up happening uh to disco d but i'm grateful for what he was able to bring to the table here and i'm grateful that you know he intersected with akon who's still bringing us um you know pushing the pushing to a new frontier you know outside of music now um but just people who show what the world can be when you get a little bit more creative than what's directly in front of you and what's directly around you so all that being said so the song's production has aged like wine <laughs> that is my <laughs> summation um it was really exciting to read about yeah, and Chris, real quick before I get into my part, can you break down for the people at home what the 909 would be? The 808 is the base, of mm-hmm. course, too, um, but but what would it be in the 909? So actually, the the 808 and the, 9, and the 909 both refer to Roland drum machines. The 808 it has become synonymous with its bass drum sound, but it's actually a full drum kit. Um, you'll hear you'll hear 808 instrumentation, kind of the chunkier hi hats that end up being used in trap a lot of the time, um, and actually a lot of 808 like the the full spectrum of 808 sounds were used in a lot of southern hip hop even around this time. Um, but the 909 is kind of is the successor to the 808, and it ended up being um, it ended up kind of finding a home with. Um, with a lot of electronic music and particularly techno um the the bass kick itself um if you listen to this one as compared if you listen to lonely even like you'll hear how much more hollow it almost sounds it's much more kind of synthetic um rather than the 808 being just a really prolonged deep hit this is much more kind of in commonality with a snare um in the sound range like a little bit higher up um the rest of the song of the samples, um, especially the hi hats, became kind of a kind of a signature um, for techno um, in the late '90s and early 2000s, and is to this day really popular in UK drum and bass, um, just bass music in general, um, which is ironic because especially nowadays as things have converged the 808 bass has kind of come full circle and ends up being used a lot with the 909 because they contrast so sharply. You have, you have effectively a drum uh, frequency range that's completely separate from where the bass range is on the bass drum for the 909. Um, so that was a long explanation of the fact they're both rolling drum machines. They're part of a canon of rolling drum machines or the 606, 707. Um, and they, they've, were very instrumental in defining um in defining the sound of what we think of when we think drum machines the 909 in particular has a storied history with techno all right awesome thank you for that i actually just learned something as well too so i'm glad that i learned about difference between 808 and 909 and everything doing that so let's get into the lyrics of this song um i'm gonna break them down into not a lot of like technical terms or anything or exact lyrics, but I'm going to kind of give my opinions on what they are and everything too. So the first thing that I think about is when you listen to Akon, 
it's very laid back in this song, right? So like you're kind of like, oh, it's almost like he's just like monologuing in a way, which I know, you know, can stem from hip hop in itself and, you know, spoken word or, you know, any type of those things as well, too. But it is just very laid back and it's almost like it's his mind that's just going and what he's thinking about. So I think that's a really cool way to kind of put it into. But it is very easy sing along. There's actually four verses to this song. I didn't realize there were four. Um, it's very, you know, heavy on the sample that's being used and the hook. And that makes sense. That's typical hit or pop song. And that's a typical way that they're going to do it. But I thought about this sample. Chris mentioned it's from 1960. But how much do you think they had to pay for this sample? I'm thinking at least about 50000 but could have been more than that, too. I'll be honest, it's kind of, I feel like, I feel like it could have been less. Okay. I mean, a lot of the, you know, that was still kind of of the era where a lot of, um, you know, covers in popular music were still really prevalent. I mean, you even think about like early Beatles, like you, you get a, you get a lot of folks where the value of a song isn't necessarily... I don't necessarily, I don't think it was necessarily nailed down to that point. That said, obviously this is coming years later. So I feel like it could go either way. Um, I, I would almost, I would almost be surprised if he had to pay like, especially because again, Akon's like a super, um, you know, this is a second major single. Like, I I don't know that his record label would spring for that much necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, I could be completely wrong. But I'd be surprised if that were the case. Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe we'll never know. But I know that sampling is, you know, something that is intertwined with hip hop. And especially when you get like the older stuff, sometimes people will come back and they'll want more. But I think that in general, worth every penny for this sample to get because it was just basically what you needed. And Akon can, you know, put a hook down. That's something that he's done his whole career. But having this one really with it obviously having mr lonely as the sample was worth it all um in the end too as stefan said we're gonna have a whole city because of this sample maybe (laughs) too so uh worth every penny um too but so the song itself it it's about his girl leaving in the middle of the night and he's very sad of course but when you really looked and break down the lyrics it may have been almost Akon's fault when you kind of think about it. So I don't want to put fault on anyone, of course, with anything, but he does mention, uh, you know, in the lyrics, you know, at the end, like, baby girl, I didn't mean to shout. You and me can work it out. Um, So it kind of makes like it seems like it just in the middle of the night, you know, that's when he talks about in the first verse that the his, you know, lover left him and it almost seems like it was his fault. So, um, he's feeling very sorrow, sorrow about this and he's, you know, kind of reflecting throughout the whole song, but, um, maybe it was back on some of his relationships. You know, Stefan mentioned that he's in and out of jail. He's, you know, being this entrepreneur and everything too. So maybe he was putting too much towards his, career or whatever he was doing at the time and this could have been something that was very autobiographical too yeah and the music video i think it's portrayed as um his girlfriend is stood up basically at a fancy dinner and maybe yeah like you alluded to he's a busy guy i think um 
the music video hints at his music career. So he's definitely in the wrong, as the lyrics suggest in the music video back that backs that up. When you hear it, so like we mentioned this, like you listen to sample, you don't really hear a lot of the like production or anything too. You kind of like just are like, oh, it's sad, and maybe you know it was a mutual breakup or anything. But when you really look at things, it was kind of his fault at this time, uh, at least from the song's perspective um, as well too. Um, Chris kind of mentioned this his part too. Um, later on in the song, you know, it starts off with the hook, which is a sample, but then later on too he kind of gets more introspective too. And there is that call and response too. So he says, lonely, so lonely. I'm Mr. Lonely, Mr. Lonely. I have no body, you know, and he, he call and response too. So it might be, you know, kind of a way to like convey like what his mind's thinking too. You know, how when you kind of talk to yourself and you talk out loud too. Um, so maybe he's trying to internalize what's going on with everything going um forward to so like i said four verses they're short verses very chorus heavy um i thought that some of the lyrics in here were pretty straightforward too um i didn't actually see anything that would have been maybe controversial or cut out um when i was looking through the lyrics itself there might be some more stuff uh on there as well too but uh one of the things that he said that i thought was kind of funny was could have sworn i was dreaming for her, I was Fenin. That's F E E N I N apostrophe. Is that a, is that a word? I, I, uh, yeah, okay. So I was like, fiendin I was like, what, what were you going to say? Was it Fiendin? Was it Fiend? He, he's a fiend. Uh, we, we say that as well. But yeah, he, he said he was Fiendin. And then immediately I thought of Mr. Feeney from the. the from, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> from Boy Meets World. And I was like, that's not it. But, uh, that little mustache peering out. <laughs> so I thought that it was funny that he said, could have sworn I was dreaming. For her, I was fiending, so I had to take a little ride. Um, fun uh, fun fact about that particular part. I remember being, like, however old, like, probably 10, um, 11 or so, and looking up specifically what the hell he was saying there. <laughs> like, like... I don't know what I thought he was saying, but I but I was like, because Swarna was dreaming now for her, I was fiending, so I had to take a little ride. That was not what I thought he was saying. I don't know what I thought, but I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, he's um, he's fiending. So he's fiending. Yeah, I don't know. He he made up a word, and I love it. Um, I love when anyone makes up words. So um, that was really good. Uh, so um, like I said, you you kind of look into everything with the lyrics, and you see what's going on. Um, and he talks about being all around the world, never met a girl like you. Kind of sounds like some bullshit a guy would say to someone as well, too. You know what I mean? Like, I've never met someone like you before. Um, I've been all around the world. Um, and I'm chasing you. Because um, ain't nowhere in the globe I'd rather be. Ain't no one in the globe I'd rather see than the girl of my dreams that made me so happy. Wait, he's... He's saying globe? Yeah, he said, ain't no one in the globe I'd rather see. I thought... I thought it was club. I thought he was... Club. <laughs> club. Yes. <laughs> ain't no one in the globe I'd rather see. Yeah, it's globe, not the club. Um, I thought it was club, too, um, when I listened to it's it. It's a much wider geographic Yeah, the globe area, is, so. is a big place, obviously. But it's, so. a very, it's a very kind of, like... It's a compliment with strings attached, like you said. Like, it's like, 
I, I've been a lot. I've been around the world, you know. Like I've seen a lot of women. Like, like don't like don't you forget that, you know? But, those Jersey Shore snookies. I'm sure he's seen those, seen you know. Like growing up there, yeah, yeah. So it it is just one of those songs that I think was, like Stefan said earlier, you got locked up. That's the the street anthem, you know. That's the song that really is going in. They're like, we're going for big mainstream, so. This was a perfect way to do it, whether you heard Globe or Club or Club or whatever it was, um, whether or not you really realize what's going on with the relationship that is going on. Um, it took me really reading the lyrics to th- be like, man, Akon kind of sounds like he was a dick. And then, you know, this girl left in the middle of the night and he woke up and was like, oh, shit, like maybe I shouldn't have been a dick. So I will say, like, I think part of the radio edit the fact that we all heard on radio disney i remembered for a while like i always remember there was a part that like having heard it after the fact i was like wait a minute i've never heard that part before in the intro like he yes says, he says sir survive like what, what is it like yeah i'll read it off have it in front of you yeah so he like does the hook first and then there's like this like weird interlude and it's like, yo, Akon, what up, dude? You coming or what, man? No, I got a lot of my mind. I'm going to let y'all go ahead, man. All right, come on. All right, all right, let's do this. And then he breaks into his intro, uh, which I can break down too, uh, where he goes, yo, this one here goes out to all my players out there, man. You know, you got that one good girl, dog. That's always been there, man. Like, look at all the bullshit. And then one day, oh, that's she not- can't take it no more. And decides to leave. leave. And I'm like... (laughs) That wasn't in the Radio Disney version. I'm like, what? (laughs) So, I mean, we were sheltered with Radio Disney. But, I mean, like, if you didn't hear that, you wouldn't know what was going on, really, with the song. Um, Yeah, exactly. Too, but... It's a whole layer of context. Yeah, and I think it's, like, kind of funny. um, It reminds me of when Kanye, like, talks about in, like, Bound 2, when he's like, what, one good girl's worth a thousand, you know? (laughs) He says that. uh, I won't say the word, but... um, too and like that's like one of the things too is like or he's like talks about like you know like i'm a douchebag and like you have this like excuse and that's kind of what it sounds like with this too but he's like call himself a player so maybe he deserved it (laughs) at that part too the amount of pity i have for akon has reduced because of your segment i i used to feel bad for him because of this radio disney played us a little bit yeah they did i think that's cut out that's like Kind of the, I think that's kind of a, a beauty of the song in a way, like in a kind of a fucked up way. <laughs> like it's able to, you know, you can you can kind of be manipulated by it too. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true too. So um, to all the Mr. and Mrs. Lonelys out there, it'll be okay if you're getting over someone. Um, it's okay just because, don't play them. yeah, don't play them and listen to the song if you're sad because it is a sad song um even if you're in the right or wrong so go and throw it on and chipmunk your voice and listen to it mm-hmm. all right another great breakdown of another song glad that we finally got to an akon song was long overdue maybe um in many ways but we are going to get into our segment for this one remember that the top 10 back then is now a full episode so you get more of us whether you like it or not you get more of us um and we want you to please listen to our breakdown because we want to give all the songs in the top 10 back then the love that they deserve but guys we're gonna just do it again the top five 
Akon songs. This might be a little bit hard too, but um, who wants to go first? I have my list written already. Uh, if you guys need some time too, yeah. If you'd uh, if you wouldn't mind, because I'm gonna definitely just wing this one. Yeah, I will go first. So, um, all right, I will have to give one honorable mention for this one uh, first. That would be "I Want to Love You" featuring Snoop Dogg, uh, also known as Another Name. I wanna fuck you. Yes, Chris said it. That's what it was. That's my honorable mention song. Um, That's why we're explicit. Yes, it is why we're explicit. And if you don't like it, (laughs) deal with it. Um, Number five for me is Don't Matter. We had mentioned that in a previous episode. Um, It had gotten up to number two, I believe, um, in the the country at that point when we broke it down in the top ten back then. Great Bob Marley sample. Um, Great laid-back song. Kind of like this song, but laid back in a different way. Kind of more of a like, we're going to light it up and uh, vibe kind of way, um, too. So, number four for me will be Belly Dancer, Bonanza. You guys remember that song? Oh, yeah. That song is a very underrated uh, song that I think gets lost uh, to Locked Up and um, to Lonely as well. Um, That was one of the ones, actually, I think I might have listened to maybe even a little bit more when I uh, was in you know, downloading songs in this era too. Mm-hmm. Number three for me is Soul Survivor. We had mentioned this episode um, when he was young, Jeezy, and then Akon. Um, this song is just one of those that you're like, Akon kills it on the hook, and then you get the the classic Jeezy, um, you know, the ha-has, and, you know, all of his, you know, <laughs> Everything that that Jeezy will bring, um, and it's one of those that they're like. It was like this song was made for the two of them to make, essentially. So glad that we got that one out of them. Number two for me will be Smack That, um, Akon and Slim Shady, um, and you know that's kind of all I have to say about this song. It's one of those that that is is great. Um, it's before Eminem kind of fell off of his, you know plateau of maybe being one of the best rappers uh in the world at that point too um but it's it's a great song and i love when he says jump up in my lamborghini gallardo um it's it's one of my favorite cars actually of all time too um so uh just just awesome that he's flexing on everyone he's like hey i'm driving a lamborghini and you know come on with it and then my number one song which will probably not surprise anyone um in the whole entire world is Sexy chick, um, David Guetta and Akon. I, I that does surprise me. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I love that song. It, it's, it's a great one. It's it's fucking amazing. I, I love it. And yeah. um, there's nothing that there's nothing like a girl you've never seen before. Um, <laughs> that that song is is just freaking amazing. And I will probably play that song till the day I die. Oh yeah. Is that song? Um credited as a, a split credit between calvin harris and akon or is it well uh, well it's david getta david getta david getta it's david getta um but it's a david getta song featuring akon but they might as well have had it be split credit because it was one of those that you thought was an Akon song too. So, um, yeah. not Calvin it's Harris, but it is, really. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the Akon thing. He just, he just renegades things. Akon featuring Akon. Yep. All right. 
Well, I will throw it to Ryan next. Ryan, give us your top oh, five yeah. Akon songs. If you want to throw an honorable mention and go for it too. All right. Uh, number five is an album track off of Convicted. I actually own this record on vinyl, which is an odd record tone on <laughs> I vinyl. Know. But I, I found it. Um, it was in a Minneapolis record store. I think it was like five bucks. Worth every penny. Amazing. Absolutely. And more. Uh, but it's Tired of Running, and it's definitely an album track. Right. It's like kind of a slow song, but really describes how he's sick of the, you know, criminal life and um yeah his first two albums really featured that uh, persona heavily and then he would shift later on uh number four is right now na 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 um like i said earlier beautiful and right now blend for me but i think this one sticks out a little more uh the next one number three is lonely uh, this is just a very nostalgic song like we all said radio disney mm-hmm no other words number two is smack that same reasons anthony declared like i just brings me back to a pubescent middle school time where eminem was on top well actually it was kind of, this is kind of like a rebound single for him um but then he would go downhill yeah. very quick. you know none of us should have probably been listening to that song with the age we were <laughs> when you oh, think yeah. about it everyone was playing yeah but we still we should not have been <laughs> No, That's that okay. is not mom approved. My favorite song is Don't Matter. Nice. Um, the the Bob Marley sample. Um, I do a really good impression, but I'm not going to do it on the podcast. Uh, you'll have to request it. If we me. ever have a I Patreon think, one day, we'll have Stefan sing uh, <laughs> Don't Matter. I will you. sing this song. For money. I I am pretty good at it. It's Yeah, it, you'll have to pay me to hear it. All right. I can endorse. And then my honorable mention as kind of a feature, uh, Sweetest Girl, Wycliffe Jean. That's a good one. Um, wow, does Akon really drive it home here? And, you know, there's other features here. Lil Wayne, um, who has a really great verse, but this is an amazing song. And Wycliffe Jean does not get the love he deserves. That's true. I'll be gone until November. All right. All right, Chris, give so... us your top five songs for Akon. All right, and again, I am definitely winging this as I usually do with these, but the makes for great with, entertainment, great content. Here's the here's the other thing that um, that happened. You had as time, as, by the way. As soon as you uh, as soon as you said Soul Survivor, I was like, shit, features count. <laughs> so yeah, w- w- there's no rules anymore with up, this. That opens up a lot. So um, I'm gonna so I'm gonna start with Don't Matter. Um, that's definitely a favorite. I love that one. Um, Lonely it has to be number four. Um, okay. We're just going to get those two out of the way. I know we've both talked about them, but they're both like borderline perfect pop songs. Um, I'm going to put I Want to Fuck You at number three. Okay. <laughs> that song yeah. is fantastic. Um, I, I, I remember so that was definitely in the now era for me mm-hmm. <laughs> i remember listening to the censored version on my ipod and i know most of the words to it um for better or worse <laughs> the snoop dog features I, is amazing exactly exactly um and so i i wanted to get those three out of the way um <laughs> because i the problem is that there are many akon features that i love 
Um, one of the ones that I have to put up there as actually a favorite Akon song is Hypnotized by Plies. Yes. That is a great That's song. Classic. That is an amazing classic. song. Oh my God. If you haven't heard that song, like, you know, get off your ass. <laughs> like, like it needs to happen. I oh my God. And then sexy sexy bitch has to be number one. That's definitely um so when well, I said the edited huge, version, man. I don't care. <laughs> so when that song was huge, that was like I remember I, I remember like seeing that performed on the VMAs wearing my Dead Mouse shirt. Like that was a that was an era, you know, of EDM in its cheesiest form. Um and that song will always have a special place in my heart for just how hype it was. And still is really. Um Damn girl. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I do need to give some uh <laughs> some honorable mentions. One of them is uh is going to be I okay. <laughs> I'll still kill. By 50 Cent and Akon is a wonderful song. (laughs) Listen to it, okay? It is it is in the vein of Soul Survivor type thing. Like it is good. I don't care. I I had Curtis on CD for some reason. Like that uh, yeah. I have I have fond memories of that one. Um and then I'm so paid is the other one that I have to share. That's an amazing that one cheesy song. They're like there are multiple bits of that song that get stuck in my head at random moments. <laughs> I don't know why, but, um, but the chorus in particular is classic Akon. Um, and then one last, uh, one last honorable mention is going to have to be body on me by Nelly when, and Akon, because that hook is incredible. When that you're walking, when that you're talking, yeah, we're not going through the whole thing, but it's, uh, uh um, yeah, so uh, those are my so those are mine. You know what's a damn shame? What? Nobody mentioned dangerous cardinal official. Yeah, I, I thought Akon. about that. <laughs> I thought about that one. I did. Well, he only has his the hook in that one, so I feel like he does a little bit more in the other features, maybe that we've talked about. But when I just he has three hundred features, he has over yeah. three hundred features. There's a lot. To so there's a lot. So if you guys. Didn't like any of ours? Please let us know. Um, we're open to any type of criticism, um, but if you want to give us your top five Acon, please let us know too. Um, any songs we miss, we would love to, you know, know what we missed in any of those ways. But once again, that wraps it up for another episode of Over My Head: A Look Back at Pop's Past, presented to you by the Low Slubby Boys. You want to hear our episodes as they drop? Great. Please go rate, review, subscribe to make sure that you get them. We release every single Thursday. That is our time that we're going to do it. So you get your throwback Thursday kick on those days. If you want to give any input, want to give any songs to suggest for us to look into or anything as well, please email us at LLC at gmail.com. We might have some guests coming up too, so please stay tuned for what's going on with that. Um, we're really excited to break down some new songs and have some different people on as well. But for my co-host Chris and Stefan, hope that we weren't too far in over our heads on this one. We'll see you next time.